Our scripture text for this morning comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. Let us hear God's word to us. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. Several years ago, I went on a class retreat. It was required as a part of a class on prayer. So about 20 of us gathered together and drove out into the middle of nowhere, New Jersey, where we would be led on a prayer retreat in meditation by two nuns, Sister Jo and Sister Mary. Sister Jo was the more outspoken of the two, and she was a gem, a delightful person, meditative, and incredibly sarcastic, more blunt than you would ever expect a nun to be. So Sister Jo asked us all to come in, and we sat down in the main living room, and she began our opening time of prayer and reflection. Mind you, this retreat was going on in the middle of a very busy semester in seminary. I was already thinking about all of the other things I could be doing. Homework, the readings I needed for class, writing that church history paper, the Sunday school lesson for Sunday morning. But here we were, taking time out of our weeks to retreat, to pray. Sister Jo begins by asking all of us to imagine that we are sitting with Jesus. With a sweet and melodious voice, she says, Imagine yourself sitting in front of Jesus. Imagine that he is with you, right beside you. And imagine what Jesus is saying to you. What is Jesus saying to you? With this as our opening prayer exercise, I was already skeptical. I'm sorry, you want me to sit here and imagine that Jesus is sitting beside me and you want me to imagine what it is that he has to say to me. No verse to meditate on, no song, no further directions. Just pretend Jesus is sitting beside you. Of course, I look at my peers and they all seem fine with all of this. Oh, sure, just talk to Jesus. I'm sorry, did I miss the lecture on Jesus is sitting next to you and talking? Don't get me wrong, I love prayer. I believe in prayer. I believe God listens when we pray, but just sit and talk to Jesus felt a little bit vague to me. Nevertheless, the exercise started, and we proceeded to sit 
in an uncomfortably long silence. I am that kid looking around in the class. Everybody else is really getting into it. Their eyes are closed. They must be having these wonderful conversations with Jesus. They're not squirming. They're not skeptically looking about, wondering what this whole thing is about. They are nailing this prayer thing. And I am failing miserably. But with enough peer pressure around me, I calm myself down long enough to give it a shot. Sister Joe asks again, what is Jesus saying to you? Fine. I'm focused in. Jesus is sitting beside me. What is he saying? And then things take a turn. My mind begins to wander. I start thinking about Jesus like I'm supposed to, but then I start thinking about what Jesus might look like. Does he have brown eyes? Dark brown or light brown? More of a hazel? Are they deep-set eyes adding to the whole mystery of God thing? Or just plain old brown eyes? And his hair, is it curly or is it straight? Probably not very well kept. And what would his mother Mary do if she saw the tangles in his hair? Would she come running in with some hairbrush to make sure to get those tangles out? And then I begin to think about Jesus' family, brothers, sisters. Man, I would hate to be a sister of Jesus. Jesus, the perfect child, never gets in trouble? Absolutely not. And is Jesus wearing a white robe or a colorful one like Joseph? Does Jesus even have a favorite color? I mean, guys, my mind wandered all about thinking through what Jesus might look like. I ended the entire exercise not thinking about Jesus at all, but instead thinking about how my mind is a very scary place. How sitting down for a few minutes of silence is rather alarming. Whatever goes on in there when I'm in complete silence, it's not pretty. It's a scary place. Stick me in two minutes of silence and I begin wondering what Jesus' favorite color is. Finally, with a sigh of relief, the prayer exercise ends. And I think to myself, well, good. Maybe the next one will be better. And then, Sister Joe, lovely Sister Joe, explains that each one of us has to share with the class what it is that Jesus said to us. What am I supposed to do? Lie? Make something up? God spoke this wonderful word to me. Oh, that prayer exercise, it was fantastic. But lying in front of two nuns and a professor on prayer? That's a recipe for God smiting you with lightning in the moment. <laughs> so I waited, waited nervously for my turn, listening to my peers and their encounters with the divine. Jesus gave me a word of comfort, and Jesus gave me a word of joy, and Jesus gave me a word of assurance, and so on. Then it was my turn. I looked at Sister Joe sheepishly. Well... Uh, you know, I don't think Jesus said anything to me. I don't really think I did the prayer exercise correctly. I was trying to figure out what Jesus' favorite color is. <laughs> Sorry, because when you fail at prayer in front of two nuns, you apologize. Sister Joe graciously looked at me and simply said, 
that's okay. Let me translate that for you. What Sister Joe actually said was, you failed miserably at prayer. You think you can't fail in a prayer retreat, but you can. I know, because I've done it. At least that's what I thought at the time. I had failed at prayer. Ironic, since my second master's is in all things related to prayer. Through this retreat, though, I learned two very important things. The first, Sister Joe asked the right question. She did not ask, what do you have to say to Jesus? She asked, what did Jesus say to you? Because she is right to note that prayer isn't always about what we have to say, but about what God wants to say to us. And two, I learned that the point of prayer isn't always to hear a word from God, but instead it's about God coming near to us. Prayer brings God to us. In our text for today, Jesus is teaching. The text comes in the middle of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It comes as a part of a litany on Christian living, how to offer money, how to fast, how to pray. It was common at the time to be taught how to pray. Rabbis would teach their disciples how to pray, so the crowd is asking Jesus, how do you pray? Now, oftentimes when rabbis taught their disciples how to pray, they gave them a prayer for everything. Here's a prayer for waking up. Here's a prayer for going to sleep, one for breakfast, lunch, dinner, a wedding, a funeral, prayer for how to make the best French toast. You name it, there was a prayer for it. So, when Jesus begins to teach the crowd how to pray, the crowd is expecting something similar, probably expecting a rather lengthy guidebook. But Jesus' response is uncommon. His response to the question, how do you pray, is not answered with a lengthy guidebook. Instead, Jesus gives them one prayer, one simple prayer, a simple prayer, but with an admonition attached. Go into your room, shut the door, pray in secret. Why? Why the whole secret thing? Why pray to God in the quiet of your own home in the solitude of an empty room? Well, in part, because our homes and our churches and even our minds can be a scary place. So we need quiet and solitude. But also because God desires a relationship with you. God desires to know you. You personally God wants to know you. So shut the door. Pray in secret so that God can bring himself near to you. Prayer brings God to us. There are so many words and so many distractions that hound us through our days. Words on TV, online, Facebook posts, advertisements, songs in the background, church bulletins, ringtones. Words surround us all day long, all week long. How are we supposed to hear God in the middle of all of these words? More importantly, how are we supposed to feel God's presence in the middle of all of these words. 
sometimes the closest we get to God is talking about God. We can get entangled in complex discussions and debates, arguments, disagreements about God and God issues, more words, words about God. But a simple conversation with God or a simple presence to God has become practically impossible. It is practically impossible to find moments of shutting our doors and stealing away in secret to be with God. It is practically impossible because of busyness or because of skepticism that God will actually show up. Or because prayer has become about what we have to say and not about what God is saying, not about God drawing near to us. Which brings some new understanding to our weekly stating of the Lord's Prayer. According to Matthew, the Lord's Prayer was taught to the crowd as a prayer that should be spoken in silence, behind closed doors, in secret, on your own. Not that there's anything wrong with corporately and publicly stating the Lord's Prayer. There is great value in that. But have we ever thought about the fact that the Lord's Prayer is also a prayer that is supposed to be prayed on our hearts in secret? The Lord's Prayer has found a strong voice in the church, but has it found a strong voice in the quiet and secret places of our homes and lives? Do we say this prayer when we are with God, alone and in secret? What if we did? What if we really prayed it in secret, slowing down long enough to hear what Jesus might be saying and not just what we are saying? When we pray the Lord's Prayer in the privacy of our own homes, we might be able to consider the question, what is Jesus saying to you? Instead of what are you saying? Praying the Lord's Prayer on our own in secret allows us to not pray it like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. No, no, to pray this prayer on our own in secret is to pray our Father who art in heaven. Silent. Hallowed be thy name. Silence. Giving God time to speak. Giving God time to draw near to you. Slowing down from all the distractions. Taking time to listen. Taking time to feel God's near. That's what the Lord's Prayer is all about. Bringing God's presence to us. Taking time to remember that God is our perfect Father. That His name is holy. It lets these truths about God settle into us. Like the text suggests, we don't need flashy words or outward signs to do that. We need a quiet room by ourselves with a simple prayer on our lips. Prayer brings God to us. 
When I think back to that prayer retreat several years ago, I think about it and laugh about the fact that in front of two nuns and a professor of prayer, I failed at praying. I think about how I was so preoccupied with what Jesus looks like. What color hair, what color eyes, what is he wearing, what is his favorite color? Maybe I did the prayer exercise wrong. I'll admit that. I couldn't answer the question, what did Jesus say to you? But, and this is often how God works, I got prayer more that day than I ever have before. Imagining what God looks like and sitting with him. I was right to be focused on what Jesus looks like. Because in doing so, I found myself sitting in God's presence. Silly, though it may have been, I was there, sitting with God, seeking after his face, wondering what he looks like, asking, who are you? Come near to me and let me see you. The twist of it all is this. Sometimes God has nothing to say. Sometimes he just wants to be with us behind closed doors, in secret, all words stripped away. I remember getting sick when I was younger, not being able to go to school, running a fever, feeling awful, curled up on the bed like a pitiful little puppy. And I remember how my mother walked into the room brought me a cup of warm soup, some hot tea, an extra blanket. I remember her tucking me in and making sure I was comfortable, checking my forehead to see if the fever was gone. And after doing all these things, she would just sit there a while. She would stroke my back or watch a show with me. And then she'd leave. She never said a word. Just a gaze from her light green eyes, a warm touch from her long arms, a sweet smile from her pink lips. It was her presence that brought me comfort deeper than words. We have a book filled with God's words, the Bible. If you need a word from God, you can find it. But if you need his comfort, if you need him near, then go in secret. Shut the door behind you. Pray this simple prayer and listen. Wait. Pray. Because in praying, God brings himself to us. In praying, God looks at us with his blue or green or hazel eyes. God warms us with the touch from his strong arms, and God smiles sweetly at us. Sometimes he doesn't even say a word. I still don't know Jesus' favorite color. But I know that feeling God's presence, imagining what God might look like searching for his face and sitting with him, while that may not have been the point of the prayer retreat, when it comes to matters of prayer, it is precisely the point. This morning as we pray, 
I'm actually going to leave it as a silent prayer. Let me offer you a time of quiet behind closed doors to sit in silence and let God draw near to you. Let us pray.